welcome to the Meeting Your Soul podcast. I'm Farah, your host, and I am so grateful that you're here. Thank you for joining me for another episode, or maybe this is the first one you're listening into, but either way, I am going to be more ecstatic to be able to have you present and to be able to have you listening in as I share some things that I've been personally working through when it comes to self-love. And that's what today's episode is all about, how you can cultivate this idea of self-love within your life and to really be able to navigate this path as you evolve and change over the course of a lifetime. You know, we're never the same people. People that we once were, even from yesterday to tomorrow, and to be able to find a sense of acceptance and really embracing ourselves in the different um, stages that we're in as we move through it all. And I think self-love is one of those things that's been extremely difficult for me to really wrap my head around, to be able to embody on a very authentic and deep level course, there's like surface level things that I might be able to feel proud of, but to really like all of who I was or who I am took a really, really fucking long time to be perfectly honest. And it wasn't something that occurred overnight and has definitely then evolved as time has gone on. I'm falling in many bouts of self doubt to be able to questioning myself, um, following the crowd, being whatever everyone else wanted me to be. And all of these ideas and preconceived notions about who I needed to be in order to be loved and accepted by the people around me. And to be able to parse through all of that, to break away, to kind of remove all of the clutter in order for me to be able to show up authentically and to be able to show up as I truly am and from a place of love and um, expression and creative expression has been something that has um, continued to evolve over time. And I'm in a really good place now, but has taken me years of transformation in order to arrive here. And I'd love to be able to share some things that I've learned along the way to hopefully make that process a little bit easier and smoother for you. So let's go ahead and dive in. My um, first tip on kind of understanding and really creating self-love within your life is first and foremost is to understand who you are at the most core basic level to be able to understand your value systems what's important to you what's what do you stand for within your life what do you want to be representative of when people think about you when they look at you when they even the legacy that you leave after you pass on and not to get all morbid and shit but like seriously like what are people going to remember you by And I think about that constantly because it's like, I really want to stand for certain things. And there are certain things I'm extremely passionate about. As you can imagine, this podcast, meeting your soul, being able to help others like walk the path of self-discovery. And that's because of the impact that it's made on me. And I do believe that we're all here for a specific reason. And so to be able to embody that, to own that, to understand that for who you are is pivotal in order to be able to show up fully. Because if we don't know who we are, how are we going to even be able to know what or who to love? So like breaking down some of the layers, really kind of getting down to who you you are on the most truest and authentic level and the systems that you have in place that really support that. So like maybe even writing down what are core beliefs about myself and about this world that I want to be able to stand behind that I want when, you know, if someone were to ask me about my opinion on this, this, and this, how do I want to be able to articulate? What are those like subject matters that are really my 
all. And I think so much of, you know, building confidence and self-love is also like digging into the things that really light you up, that are your passions, that are things that you feel enthusiastic about within your life. And, you know, that make you come alive. And that also that naturally will then gravitate you towards people and events and places and things that are in alignment with that. And I think the more that we build a community around those particular topics and those interests um, or those beliefs, then that way it's we're, we're reinforcing it and not in like a... <laughs> And I'm sorry, I like in a Trump way, like, like only have an echo chamber of like the people that agree with you and don't talk to anybody else. I'm not saying that, but I, <laughs> I don't even know why that ended up going there. But like, I do believe that, you know, if you love music, spend time with people that also love music, refine your taste, what type of music, what genres do you like? What are music, like you a jazz enthusiast? Do you love like old school hip hop? Do you, and like are obsessed with funk music? Do you love like new age techno? Like, do you love dip? Like, I don't know, whoever, whatever artists you gravitate towards, who lights you up, who fills you up, who do you, when you listen, you're like, that is my shit, you know? Like, those are the things I'm talking about because, I, well, one, I think music definitely speaks to our soul. So then I think when you are identifying that, you're kind of getting onto a deeper level of like the subconscious and music and lyrics and things that you really resonate with. But then also outside of that, that's a particular genre or, you know, topic or interest hobby that might really light you up. And then you can also find other like people that are really into that. Are you like, a sneakerhead like do you love sneakers do you like love nikes or you know have like a full closet that's like packed in and like you know every single like when they released and how much they were and who like what they've stood for and the representation and why they're different why they're unique all that shit like you know the people out there there's a lot of people out there that obsess about this kind of stuff so find those people you know like recognize who that what who you are and don't just do it to fit in and don't just do it because it's cool or what other people are doing and that's what the cool kids are doing because fuck that noise no one wants to do that do things that you really like like i love art i love painting like in particular i love looking at paintings and staring at them for like hours honestly good and like the strokes and the texture and like the depth and like the intention behind it and the emotion that the artist was trying to like invoke within you when they like painted it and created that and what they were feeling when they were created that like that shit lights me up i could literally go into art studios every other day like i i do i go to art galleries a lot and i do know a lot of artists and i'm able to talk to people about that, about that because i think it's something that they can understand i get where they're coming from and what they're trying to express. And I'm curious about their perspective because I feel like art is an expression of who we are. So then I feel like I get to know them on a deeper level by then really seeing their art. So I think that that's a piece of it. And then, you know, but also like, maybe it's not something that's like that. Maybe it's not creative. Maybe you love trains and you love understanding the railroad tracks and like how all trains intersect together and how trains work and the system, the railroad system as a whole and what it means. Or maybe you're a history buff and you love like learning about history. And this just, this shit like, is just like so important to you. And you feel like if you understand your history, then you can shape your future and all those things. The list is endless. Okay. But first and foremost, understand what matters to you. What values do you stand up for? Do you like, are you like anti-racist? Like, are you like literally an anti-racist? That's like different than like, you know, being inclusive. Trust me, if you research this, there's very much a distinct difference there. Like, is that your passion? Do you want to be able to 
incorporate and stand for equal rights and make sure that that is a more known topic and is more understood on a broader scale? Um, do you want to be able to LGBTQ rights? Is that something that really lights you up? Do you want to be able to be a forefront or even be able to be involved in like rallies and different things where people are standing up for those belief systems as well? Do you want to stand up for like, I don't know, even just the idea of love, you know, to be able to be an advocate, a love advocate to say like, we all need more love in our life. And that's something I really believe in. And this is how I'm cultivating love within my life. And I want to be around other people that um, like emphasize this. And it's just as important to them as is important to me. Like this, that's what I mean by like figuring out your core beliefs and your interests, because like the more that you hone in on that, then the more confident you actually will be because you are somewhat experienced and familiar with those topics. And like, you're going to study about it. You're going to research it in it. You're going to like, you're going to like find that niche within you that is something that you like that can be aligned with your mission, what, who you are, who you truly are. And then that naturally will open up the gate to a community that surrounds you. That's also in alignment with that. So those two things I think go very much hand in hand, but I think the first and foremost thing is to understand who you are first and what is important to you. Because there's a lot of people out there that just go with the trends, that go with what's popular, that um, just like what everyone else is liking or pumpkin spice lattes, or they all like everyone's wearing this fashion trend. So I'm going to wear this or everyone likes this artist or this type of music. So I'm, that's what I'm going to do because that's what everyone else is doing or everyone's standing behind this cause. So this is obviously the cause that I need to focus on too, because everyone else is talking about it. And that's just simply not the case. And I think that's how we get lost. That's how you become a follower. That's how you just get lost in the crowd is because you don't really, because you don't know what you stand for, right? More often than not, you're following someone else because you don't want to take the lead for you. So like, take time to really consider that. Take time to be able to understand yourself on a deeper level. And what mean something to you and what legacy and influence you want to have. And that will then naturally then fall into the relationships and the characteristics of the people and places that you like are, that inspire you, that you respect, that are important to you. So those things I think go hand in hand and you might not always think about that when you think of self-love, but I think that the more that you understand yourself and are rooted in that, the more then you can feel confident in who you are as a person and the value systems that you represent and what that means. And then you find a community and friends and people that support you and that get you on that level and that also respect you for that. And then I think then that creates and fosters a um, lifestyle that's grounded in your truth as well as a community that sees you in your full in your fullness. Okay. And then I think from there, jumping into the self-study shadow work, not being afraid to see yourself in that wholeness and recognizing not just your light. So, you know, we're talking about your light, your things that you're proud of, that you're excited about, your skill sets that you excel in, the things that you naturally get pulled into that inspire you, that your heartstrings just like, you know, sparkle every time you're around. It's like, yeah, that's great. More, all that all day, all day and more, right? As much as we can, always on, on board for that. But also seeing, we all have a darkness. I'm smiling if you can't see the screen. We all have the darkness. No one is perfect. Everyone has flaws. Everyone has 
some shit in their closet. Everyone has made mistakes. Everyone has a past. You do not, you would not know everything that you know today if you didn't stumble, if you didn't fall a few fucking times. And that's okay. Okay? So like shining light on the areas of your life where you might feel shame, that you might feel embarrassed, that you would maybe want to hide or conceal from others, I think it's really important because as you start to tear the layers back to remove the mass, to remove the light, the, you know, these shades, the light shades that are around who you are, the more that you're able to be you and in the fullness and the richness of who you are, not just the good, but also embracing the things that we might not necessarily, you know, start a conversation with. Well, some people do, but like to say like, Hey, you know, like I am, you know, I'm really calm. Like this is a shout out for me. I am super chill. I am actually very go with the flow for the most part in my life. I like very mellow. I can like roll the punches. Like if things shake up, if things don't go to plan, I'm kind of like, all right, whatever, we'll figure it out. Life goes on. Right. But then there's a, there's a large portion of me that likes things to go to plan and to be done at a certain caliber and to be done correctly or right. And I'm working on that. And I might control scenarios or situations in order to ensure that that's the case. And I'm not like overbearing about it, but it's definitely like, I might even be slightly manipulative in the controlling of that situation. So to be like, well, I'm not going to be like, you guys have to do this, but I'd be like, well, don't you guys think it would be a good idea if we did this? Because in my mind, I have an idea of how this should go. So I'm like, well, I think this might be a good route for us to take, don't you? Or why wouldn't you want to do that? And, you know, and I try to understand, so I'm trying to be receptive to other people's thoughts. But sometimes when I have like a blaring vision in my mind, it's really hard for me to let go of that. And so like, yes, I am mellow. I am very laid back. I am very, um, you know, charismatic and kind. I am a kind person, but at the same time, I might be this little bit of a control freak and I'm getting, I'm working on that right now. It's like something I'm working on the most. Like when I got pregnant, I'm like, I literally read nothing about C-sections because I was like, there's no way in hell they're going to talk me into getting a C-section. And I, I was like, I want a natural, no like drugs. I wanted the whole shebang. Like I wanted to be like, I have a doula. I wanted to be in the water bath. I wanted all that shit. I wanted to feel the magic of me having a baby naturally. Okay. And it's I so much respect for anyone that does that because I know that shit is not easy. And I think that was also part of it. Like I wanted to be able to prove to myself that I could, but then, well, <coughs> Bella was breached. My daughter was breached. Her feet, she was Frank breached. She would not fit through my canal. And plus I have small skinny hips. So it probably wouldn't have worked out. Not just that, but then also the milk cord was short. So she actually would have gotten stuck in my birth canal. She would have died or my placenta would have ruptured and I would have bled to death. So I literally could not have had her any other way than a C-section. Do you know how resistant I was to the idea? I literally fought these people on this. I was such a psychopath. I was like, I'm not doing this. I got out of the hospital two different times because I was like, no, no, no. I will figure this out. I'm flipping her. This is all going to work because in my mind, I had an idea of how I wanted this to go. Right. So it's not like I'm being like, it's never like a bad thing. It's never like I'm trying to like vindictively like ruin people's lives. But like, there is a part of me, like once I get attached to something, it's very hard for me to let go. And I was like, no, this has to work. This has to work. Right. And so I, but then it didn't, it just simply didn't. And I, um, that was really fucking hard for me to accept. 
And I was so depressed. I was like so sad afterwards because I was like, like, I wanted this. This is all that mattered to me. And then like, it was just so important to me. It's like my birth story. You know, that's an important thing. I'm going to get emotional about because this is like really at the core. This is like very much something I'm still working on. And I recognize the power that it has over me too. And how much it like influences my decisions and how I live. And, um, but the, I would have died or my baby would have died if I would have allowed that to happen. If I wouldn't have relinquished control, I would some, like one of us wouldn't be here today. So all this comes to say is that there's always room for growth and it doesn't have to be like, you're like a horrible liar or like a bad person. You're not a bad person. No one is a bad person. And we're just like, we all have our trauma. We all have our history, we all have our shit that we're working through. And if you like astrology, like we all got our layers, we all have our pain points. We all have things that we're meant in this lifetime to understand and to dive a bit deeper, to understand, to be able to get to the other side, to evolve to our highest self. And I say highest self because that's what I really mean. Our highest self is that, that, that our soul, the essence that's existed in time and time again. And this 3D realm isn't necessarily that, you know, but what we're trying to achieve is bringing that into existence within this world. See? So it's not to say that you can't be, you're any less or you're any inferior because who you are today is exactly who you're meant to be. But as long as you're continuing on this path, if you're on the journey of self-discovery, if you're on the journey of looking at your lessons, being honest with yourself and growing, then you will arrive exactly when you're meant to arrive in that version. Or maybe you never will, but maybe you will. And I believe that you will because I think we're all meant to. But nonetheless, there comes a time where you have to be really honest with yourself about some areas of growth some areas that might not be up to snuff, right? Like, like if that's, so I have like a little bit, <laughs> it's a little, I <laughs> might have a little bit of a control issue. This is, it's, seriously, this is one I'm like really delving more deeply into right now. And so this is probably why it's like causing so much of an emotional reaction within me. But like ones that I've worked through is like, like a letting go of people. My people pleasing was a really big one for me. That one took a long time to be able to work through. I still people please to a certain extent, but it's not half as bad as it used to be. Um, to be able to be express myself, to speak my mind is also something that I've really been working on, even within the last few months, few years to be able to just like speak authentically, to not conceal how I want to like, you know, to not just be like, or talk the way I think people around me want me to speak or what would be seemed desirable or prestigious or elite in that circle, you know, like I don't, I'm going to speak the way I want to speak. And if I want to use big words, I'm going to use big words. If I'm going to cuss, I'm going to say fuck. Like I'll talk however I want to talk, but that's like me. I had to learn, unlearn that I wasn't allowed. I needed to code switch, which is the technical term for it, to be able to be accepted and respected and seen in um, an authority as an authority, you know, or as an expert or as a professional. So that was also something that I had to explore and understand and really kind of get to the groundwork for and to be able to uproot that in order to be able to be more authentic, to be more honest, to be truly who I am. Now that you've delved into this idea of understanding yourself and the fullness and richness and beautiful nature that you are, um, embracing the light, the dark, you've got to the core of who you are. So first and foremost, finding your core, working down to that is so 
Um, you know, again, finding your value system, what's important to you, what matters most to you, then finding that crew, finding the people around you, the community that can support, that can support you and see you for who you truly are. And then peeling back the layers, kind of on, you know, dredging up the programming, the thoughts, the things that are really holding us back from being the fullness of who we are, understanding the lightness and the dark that resides within us and being able to embody that in the fullest expression of what that means and to really honor who that is and that you will not, you cannot be who you are today if you hadn't gone through the things that you've gone through. Okay. Like you wouldn't be able to be all of that if you didn't experience some downsides, if you didn't experience moments of weakness, moments where you've probably made mistakes, moments where you're like, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, we've all been there. So like being able to shine light on them, to see the truth in it, the lesson, the moment of growth, the opportunity that it can present you, and also the humanness that it brings us back to. We are all human. We are all real. And like when you're able to share those dark moments with other people, that's what unifies us. That's what creates a community. That's what reminds us that we are all human and that no one is perfect. And I think when we try to put this persona on and like have this filter, you know, filters are a thing for a reason, you know, like these filters that make us seem perfect when in actuality, like we all got some, you know, some like scars on our face. We all have cellulite on our app. Like everyone's got their shit. Okay. And that's okay. And loving yourself in the fullness and richness of that. But recognizing shadow work can be really challenging. It can be really overwhelming and it's easy to rule some realms of regret and shame. Okay. (laughs) And I've been there. I've done a lot of shadow work. I definitely have the dark night of my soul, which sounds just as grim as the name calls for and, um, had to go through one of the most challenging times in my entire life to be able to face all of my fears, to be able to let everything that I thought that I understood and knew be ripped from the fucking ground underneath me. And I was so grateful that I had a teacher that was able to help me through that. And my teacher is Sylvia Mardini. I went through yoga teacher training with her. She's helped me through so much. She's transformed me in ways I never imagined possible. And to be such a safe and nurturing container for me as I went through that. And she just has this sixth sense about her where she just gets it. She's able to communicate. She's able to share wisdom that is obviously so much more ancient Um, and that she is able to really pull and help people through it. And so if you're looking into doing shadow work and you would love to have some assistance in that, or even to go through her yoga teacher training or go to one of her retreats, trust me, there will be a time where that comes up. And if you're seeking it, she knows you're seeking it. She'll make sure it happens or to be able to do consulting work with her one-on-one coaching. She is such a wealth of knowledge. I'm so grateful for her within my life and continue to have her be a teacher within my world, even to this day. So that is wraps up shadow work. So then as we pull from the core, so we're, we're working core values, what matters to you, what lights you up, what kind of what purpose, what, what fuels you then finding community that is alignment with that, then working through the light and the darkness Then we come into the more surface level. I like to start from the inside and then move our way out. But I think that a lot of times the the hindrance for people to really love themselves is because they don't feel like they're they look they're not pretty enough or they're not handsome enough or they don't have abs or they have dimples on their butts or they have like they're not the weight or the size or whatever they feel like they need to be or they're not the complexion or they don't have the symmetry in their face or the hair. There's so many things that like that trust me, I've been down that road and still sometimes go down that road within myself. 
And, um, you know, if there's areas that you want to grow, then do that. You know, like I was 30 pounds heavier before I, I got, when I was pregnant, I gained quite a bit of weight and as most women do, but you know, like the suggested amounts 25, like I definitely gained like 70 pounds. So yeah, just keeping it 100, I ballooned, but I actually didn't look that big. I was just, I'm so petite that like having a whole human inside of me and like, just like adding a layer across my entire body just was actually kind of a lot. Um, so I, and I still practice yoga. I still worked out. I ate whatever the fuck I wanted, but neither here nor there. But afterwards I kept those same habits. I wasn't working out that much, you know, COVID hit. I like wasn't working out, but then I was eating a ton, just being really unhealthy. And, um, but also I was breastfeeding, I breastfed for 15 months. So I was a part of it. I was trying to keep up my calories and, um, I just created a really unhealthy lifestyle and, you know, maintained that still that 30 to 40 pounds on me, um, prior to birth and I, or prior to getting pregnant. And, you know, I, I didn't want to have this idea that I needed to bounce back. So I think that's very toxic. Um, but at the same time, I did want to get into a more comfortable position within my body and just to get back into my clothing for the, to fit the same, you know, like, is that so much to ask? Um, and so, but I had to change my lifestyle. Um, and so that's the thing is like, I very much encourage you. And before I even started that, I took an, an extreme effort to, even when I was 40 pounds heavier to look into the mirror and to love myself, even in that, to love the extra on the belly, my arms, my butt. Actually, I was very much, I'm like have super skinny hips and little bitty. So like I was really feeling that and I'm actually still working on bumping that up a little bit, but, um, I'm not going to get a BBL. I'm <laughs> just fucking around those there. I didn't even know how common that was. So then you think about this culture of plastic surgery and all these things where people hate their bodies and they do all of these things to reconstruct it. And it's like, it start with just liking yourself, look in the mirror and point out things that you enjoy about your body and yourself. Like, is it your eyes? Is it your smile? Is it your hair? Is it flips? Is it your, um, clavicle? Is it your chest? Is it your, um, is it your booty? Is it your thighs, your knees, your toes? I don't know your fingertips. I don't care your nails, whatever you like about yourself on the physical sense, go take a conscious effort to go into the mirror and to really look at yourself naked in particular is what I really encourage people to do and really identify areas that you enjoy about yourself, that you're proud of, that you respect even like the fact that your feet have held you up in this journey of life, that your body has stretched and grown and, but has like come back and is like, might have stretch marks, but is still beautiful. Like you are an ever evolving creature and you are magnificent. You are a masterpiece. And sometimes I think we lose sight of that because we're comparing ourselves to others of what we feel like we need to look like or need to be. And there's no one else like you. So no one else will ever look like you unless you're an identical twin, but we won't go into that. But like, even with that, there's going to be some fluctuation within the genetics that's going to make someone look a little bit different. And the more that we can lean in and like honor ourselves and the vessels that we're in our sanctuary ourselves, the more that we're able to really embrace and kind of walk into this idea of self-love. And I think first and foremost, really reminding yourself, shifting your perspective, shifting your reality to focus on the things that you love about who you are and like on the exterior and in the interior. So that goes both ways. But, you know, I think that sometimes the exterior gets lost because we're like, well, I don't really like anything in my body, but I love these things about my personality. It's like, no, bitch, you need like yourself too. You need like, we like, you need like all that on the outside too. And you're like, well, it's easy for you to say, 
It wasn't, and it's not. And some of the most supermodel, beautiful, stunning people have deep seated insecurities. So no one is um, immune from this. But what you can do is make a conscious effort to be able to create a lifestyle that's conducive into the body that you want or that you desire. And maybe that ends up, maybe you lose, you know, shed a few pounds, but then, you know, you're not sick, skinny, your body and frame might not ever count for that. And who really wants, anyways, I like a little curve. I like a little bit of extra. So like, that's just me. And I've like had very many, a lot of men that like me on a little bit of a thicker sense. So like, you don't have to have no fat on your body to be desirable. First and foremost, love who you are, embrace your uniqueness, who you are and how your body looks, and then run with that. And then again, shift your lifestyle, not from a place of lock, not from a place of comparison, but from a place of love, because you want to honor your temple. I want to take care of myself. So I'm going to cut out dairy for a period of time, or I'm going to cut out meat for a period of time. And I'm going to see how that affects my body. That's what I did. I cut out carbs. I think everyone cuts out carbs, but I love bread too fucking much. I couldn't really do that. And I love pasta. So we cut it out for a little bit, but then I was like, you know, I really like these things. I love red meat. I love burgers. So I'm still eating my burgers every time I started eating a probiotic. So my body digests those things a little bit easier, but I still eat them. Um, then I also like, I kind of do intermittent fasting to a certain extent. So I really like intuitive eating is very important to me. It's very influential on my kind of my daily practices. So like, am I hungry? What am I hungry for? What am I craving? Have I had vegetables? Like letting those, like, am I stress eating? Like all of those things play a part in creating, um, a daily like eating regimen, if that's what it is for you, or even exercise. Like I exercise every day. I go for a walk or I do yoga. So like I say, move your booty every day get in a little bit of a sweat, move it, rock it, get into it. Do something that feels you though, that lights you up. Don't do something you hate. Like I don't like running, so I don't run, but I love to walk. I love to do yoga. I love good Pilates. I'll go on a reformer. I will shake and like work my little booty off to the point of exhaustion. Like literally I think it's designed for muscle failure, but at the same time, like I'm not going to do something I don't want to do. So like I've picked out things that I really enjoy. So is that ice skating? Is that I'm going for walks? Is it snowboarding? Is it, um, I don't know, I'm picking ice things. Um, is it, uh, basketball? Is it, you know, just like jogging with some friends? Maybe it's taking long walks at the beach. I don't know. Pick it out for you and then design a life that again, these things are just little things in your tool belt that you have that aren't just for the physical benefits of it, but are also because they are keeping you grounded. They're good for your mental health. They make you feel good. You're releasing endorphins when you work out. It's uh, all around balancing the chemistry of your body and your brain. And also gut health is so underrated and definitely plays a huge part in how we feel. So like doing all those things will also then just create a better um, ecosystem for your body to work within. So Finding those practices, making the lifestyle changes you need to in order to get you into a physical appearance that you feel comfortable in, that you can feel confident in. And that's where our self-esteem starts to grow from, right? That's when we start to feel more secure with who we are because we're able to love the skin that we're in. We're able to put on a little fit and we're like, "Mm mm-hmm. Snap, 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 snap. I always snap. I snap every time before I leave my house. It's like my little ritual. I like look in the mirror. I'm like, I shimmy. I do a little shake because I like, I want to love myself. Like I like to feel good when I walk out. And then I, I, that embodies, I am able to carry that through in the rest of my day and everything that I do. Can I also do that in sweats with no makeup and like my hair in a clip? 
Yes, but I wasn't always able to do that. And that's taken me the last few years to make a conscious effort of going in public without makeup, to not be done up, to be in sweats, to be in clothes that are like baggy, to like have my hair like, like natural, not to do anything to it. Like, again, we're all on our own journey in order to kind of discover what's stopping us from feeling like we're enough, that we're not the beautiful like goddesses that we have our birthright is to be, you know, you don't need to be the image that you see in a magazine in order to feel like you're um, enough. Cause that doesn't exist. Actually the images in the magazine aren't even real. And we all know that cause we all know the face tune and the editing and all the th- removal and the smoothing of the skin, everything it's fucking ridiculous. And also just, I really don't like filters for that reason. So I think it puts out a very um, negative, Pre- notion that women have to be this perfect to be able to be seen as beautiful. And I just don't, I don't subscribe to that and I will never will. And I hope you don't either men or women, actually both sides, both sides. Okay. I digress, but that is very important to me. And I think that it's something to consider and just to really be able to cultivate some practices around self-love and the exterior format. If you want to write some affirmations down on your mirror, maybe turn on some music that pumps you up, that makes you feel good, that reminds you that you're a boss. Um, all of those things, do what you want, put it up and do it every day, every day, every day. Seriously. Okay. From there. The last thing that I want to say to be able to, you know, really foster this idea of self-love is to honor your uniqueness. You are like no one else. And that's glorious. It literally is your superpower. It is what makes you magnificent and outrageously extraordinary. Okay. So like, if that's like, recognizing the hobbies that you like to do, doing those things, becoming an expert in some of those, being able to build confidence within that, to be able to say, I love this shit and I know a lot about it. Or to be able to pick out a style that's unique to you, that shows your essence and your truth. I say I dress like my soul wants me to. I really believe in that. I get dressed today, like every day I get dressed. I like put on a fit that just like feels like I've never seen anyone else wear it. Like maybe I've seen a version of it, but like more often than not, it's very unique. It's my own thing. And I'm able to like, let that be how I get seen within the world to be able to speak in the way that I want you to be able to laugh and have my sense of humor and to be silly and to like, be like so wacky. I'm so weird. I'm so weird you guys you guys have no understanding i'm like the weirdest person ever and so like my like little pictures of my friend and they're like you are such a dork and i am i'm such a dork the, the dorky middle schooler that i was is still very much present within my life and i was so uncomfortable with who i was back then and it's taken me a full lifetime to be able to get to this place where i can like really like own that but that is still me you know, like, and I, my friends who are the silliest and the most like ridiculous are the people that know me on the, that level. And they've seen me in that form too. And then we see each other. And when you can be super fucking weird with your friends, it's like so good. Cause it's like, no, everyone wants to be like super cool. And like, whatever, like, oh, I'm too cool for that. I'm too cool. Yeah, like, whatever. Fuck that noise. Like, let's be silly together. Let's have fun. So honor your sense of humor, what makes you different than everybody else. And like hone in on that and have a presence that exudes the fact that I am different than everyone else. And I love that shit. I love me. 
And that is what actually builds confidence. And that's what makes you attractive. That's what makes you magnetic and makes more people want to be around you. And you also sync with the people that vibe with you. Because when you're the fullest you, fullness of you, you attract other people that are a part of your tribe, that are part of your cooler, that are part of your, um, your soul group that is here, your soul family. I feel like I now have people in my life forever that will be a part of my soul family that see me for the fullness of me and love me for that and own that and respect me and build me up and that are always just as fucking weird as I am. (laughs) I'll tell you that much right now. So find your uniqueness, find what makes you you. And but that comes through again, this is all pieces. These are all stages that get you to this point so that you can step into that, not because you're trying to be a rebel. And that's like a whole thing too. It's like, oh, I'm going to be anti. Well, like, or you're anti everything. And that's what you stand for. Cool. If that's really you, but are you just doing that because that's what other people do? Right? So like, again, evaluating your value systems and getting down to the core and letting everything else blossom from there. And I think once you plant those seeds, you'll be really pleasantly surprised to see what comes to the surface and what truly comes in the garden that you create within your life and in the legacy and the really the the memories that you leave people with of who you are and also most importantly how you see yourself and to live this life from a place of love because that's when you love on you yourself unconditionally you open up the doors for others to do the same and to find relationships that build you up in that way that they see you in that light that they like, and also the way you're going to treat others, you treat others, how you treat yourself. So if you're constantly judging yourself and tearing yourself down, like you're probably going to do that to the partner you're with or their friends. It's true. And you know, I, I pride myself on being very non-judgmental, but that's because I don't, I try not to judge myself. Like I know I'm going to make mistakes. Like I'm really hard on myself when I don't do things right or perfectly. So I'm working on that. But like, I don't hold anyone else to that, but then sometimes I do. And so that's why I'm trying to like, kind of take down those layers to be real with myself about that too, because I do like, um, we all have our areas of growth, but we don't need to be perfect in order to show up for someone else. And like, there's also people that are meant to be in our lives to help us through and usher us through that process. So to be able to receive the help, to receive the love, even when you feel like you might be broken or you might not be enough. And then also then pour into others, but pour from that full cup, the overflow of what um, you have that's already circulating, circling within you. So I love you. Thank you for listening. I so hope that some of this resonates with you, that it sits well with you, that it inspires you, because I think that we can all use a good dose of love in our lives all around. And it all starts with you. It all starts with the individual, it all starts with ourselves. And once we hone in on that, then again, we can flow from this place of abundance, place from a place of no lack, but from an understanding and a sacredness that we are enough and that we remind others that they are also enough, exactly how they are today. I love you. I'll see you soon. Catch me on the gram at Ferrachino, F-E-R-R-A-H-C-H-I-N-O. Or if you're interested in working with me or just looking more into my coaching, um, I am at coachingwithfair.com. See you later.